0: JT is 15 today. There you go, buddy. Brother Mitch, did you say he started doing this when he was 11? He was 11 when we started playing. Isn't that amazing? That's awesome. So cool. Andy got to uh, have the house to himself last night, so that's pretty cool too, right? You know. <laughs> hey, we're going to be in uh, 1 Peter chapter number two this morning, and. Uh, and uh, I'm going to ask that and invite you just to go with me one more time to our Lord in prayer. Uh, Lord, I love you and I thank you for who you are. Uh, God, I pray and I just ask that you would be with us this morning. I pray that you would uh, pray that you would speak to us Lord. Uh, we come from various uh, Various situations and circumstances. This past week, we we're, we're uh, going to be facing uh, various situations and circumstances. This next week, uh, Lord, there's things that we need you to uh, give us uh, leadership and wisdom and guidance on. Uh, there's things that we need you to give us some uh, uh, encouragement and comfort and consolation regarding. Uh, Lord, uh, we're 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 people who uh, we. Uh, we do good and we do wrong. We make good decisions and we make bad decisions. We, we sometimes walk in the spirit and sometimes uh, our flesh takes over. So, Lord, where we need uh, to be corrected and where we need to re- uh, come freshly uh, seeking your mercy, uh, may we find that today may, where we can receive your mercy, Lord. Let's walk out of this place receiving your mercy, trusting your forgiveness, your grace. Uh, God, I just pray that w- w- you would speak to us as individuals, you'll minister to our hearts, and then Lord, I pray and I ask that uh, you would be with us as a church body, that you would uh, continue to uh, speak to us, give us uh, guidance, w- leadership, wisdom as a, as a body of believers here. Uh, God, I pray and I ask that you would be with me, that everything that I say uh, would uh, would be Given by your spirit, Lord, I pray that I would not speak the things that are unnecessary and only those which are. Uh, I pray and I ask that uh, everything that we do will be uh, for our good, for the good of this 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 community that we live in, that we can be a light in this community. But ultimately, Lord, we want you to receive all honor and glory because you're the only one who deserves all honor and glory. Uh, we pray these things in the mighty, resurrected name of Jesus. Um, if you uh, got the uh, email last night, um, then you know, um, but some of y'all might not, uh, but our, our friend Diana Wisdom uh, went home to be with the Lord on Friday afternoon. Diana was diagnosed with uh, stage 4 sarcoma uh, earlier this year, and um, and it was terminal, and, uh, and then... Um, she went through treatment, and uh, decided just before July that she would cease her treatments, and um, and uh, on Friday, after a long week, um, uh, Friday, she went home to be with the Lord, so uh, so in honor of that today, I'm thinking about my friends, the Wisdoms, I'm wearing Jack's boots again, so uh, here we go, this is why y'all were wondering, that's why I have my, my, boot, my jeans on and my boots, but we're also, uh, we're going to be reading out of The Voice again today, and I'll have it up on the screen, um, and that was a translation of scripture that, uh, that Jack had a hand in uh, helping shape and form, and so um, so uh, I, I also would just appreciate uh, your prayers for uh, our family um, during this time. We as a church who knew uh, Diana and have known Jack and Diana for many years, we're all grieved um, but uh, but I, I, I promise you um, that uh, it's, uh, it's hitting uh, our family pretty good. We've had to say goodbye to some good friends here lately. And so I appreciate your prayers for us as well. Um, here's where we're going to get at in the message. This is the big point. If you were going to say, like, the big idea today is this, is that, uh, that, that, that the church, this community that we have of, of believers we should be uh, be forming into this this thing that trips up our culture, this this rock, this building, this edifice that trips up our culture, and not to not so that our culture uh, just you know not not so that people stumble and fall and, and die, but but trips them up so that they can see the error of their way. That's what. I, I believe ultimately that's what we're going to get at in the text, is that this community, uh, not just here at Friends of the Baptist Church, but the church at large, should be something uh, 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 that reveals to this world there is another nature, there is another character, there is another way to behave and to act. Um, so that's ultimately where we're going to get, uh, and, 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 how we'll get there is, uh, is, is from this text out of, uh, uh, first Peter chapter number two. And, uh, and, and now to kind of set the stage a little bit differently, I'll say this last week, we, we looked at this reality that, um, we have this new nature and we need to nourish this new nature, which is in Christ. And that's what Peter's talking about there, uh, whenever he says desire the sincere milk of the word, right? Right. Uh, drink in that stuff which makes sense to, to 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 nourish this new nature, and this new nature is not characterized by by guile or malice or hypocrisies or envies or evil speakings. No, it, it's characterized by such things as genuine love, honesty, and kindness, especially. Genuine love, honesty, and kindness towards people who are not particularly being loving, honest, or kind towards you. So, so when you're living in a culture where that's not the norm, you have to nourish this, this new nature that you've been given in Christ, this new life, uh, this new life, as Peter so- talks about in 1 Peter chapter number one, it, 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 is, it is this new life that we've been given, we've been reborn uh, through our faith in Jesus' resurrection. It's this new life that, that, uh, that, 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 uh, that, that took place and that grew up uh, from this seed, uh, as he says later on in 1 Peter chapter number one the seed that is the word of God, right? The good news, the gospel. And so he says, listen, you've got to nourish this new nature. And, and, and as you think about that, you think, man, if I'm living in this new nature, if I'm living as a, a, a genuinely loving, honest, kind uh, lifestyle, if that's, this is my character qualities. Man, that is just going to draw people to me. That is just going to be, uh, that you know, uh, as I said uh, in the email on Friday, uh, that seems to be the way to win friends and influence people. Uh, f- as, uh, was that Zig Ziglar who wrote that book? Uh, right? Uh, uh, th- that's how you're going to do it, right? Win friends and influence people. Well, I'm just going to be genuinely loving. I'm going to be honest and I'm going to be kind. We, that's what our culture is going to be attracted to. That's what people are going to be attracted to. Peter has some news for us, a little dash of reality here. Uh, No, Jesus, this new nature that you have is the nature of Christ, and actually in this world, that nature gets rejected, and we'll see this in the text in just a few minutes, but but I, I, I was thinking recently in our history, we've experienced this. I don't know if y'all remember on uh, June 17th of 2015, a young man entered into a Bible study. He was a white young man and he entered into a Bible study of of a predominantly black church in Charleston, South Carolina. He entered in, he, he spent the evening with these people. He talked with these people and at the conclusion of the Bible study, he opened, he brandished a weapon and opened fire and he killed nine and he wounded one. in response to his actions, which were fueled by hatred, racism, bigotry. um, This is how family members and uh, family members of the victims and and, and in that the, the, the the black leadership in that community, they responded not by violent protest, not by throwing Molotov cocktails at buildings. In fact, uh, one of the daughters said, we are going to be offering him forgiveness. And the leadership in Charleston, South Carolina, especially amongst the black churches, um, they they, they partnered with police, they partnered with, um, with, uh, with governing officials And they said, we are not going to burn this city down. We are going to lead a different way. And you would think, you would think that people would go, yes, that's exactly how, that's beautiful. This is what we want to see happen. Well, there was some welcome response, but there were also criticisms. Uh, One uh, civil rights leader said that this response was disingenuous at best. Some media personalities were perplexed by the whole thing. Uh, But speaking to the criticism on the, the following Sunday morning after the shootings, Reverend Norval Goff said, I'm reminded of some news media persons. They said, wonder why the nine families all spoke of forgiveness and didn't have malice in their heart. Reverend Golf says, well, on this Father's Day, you ought to know the nine families' dad. If you knew the nine families' daddy, you would know how the children are behaving. And I thought, man, that's so good. You know their dad, you know their nature, you know why they're acting this way. But it also reveals to us, it reveals to us that, that, that rather than that, that genuine love and honesty and kindness, especially towards people who've done you hurt and harm, well, rather than that just being welcomed and, and celebrated and championed, it receives criticism gets rejected like Jesus. We'll talk about why in a minute. But ultimately, Peter, as we get through this text, he's going to say this, though, too. Although people, although culture rejects these, this, this nature, this nature is that which is accepted by God. It's the nature that's accepted by God. And then what he wants us to know about this is is there's two things about this this nature being accepted by God. He says, for one, you get to be be, be built up as you come to Jesus and as you assemble together, you are built up into this beautiful edifice, this beautiful structure in which you can offer that which is acceptable and pleasing unto the Lord. But then he says, there's something else about this structure. There's something else about this structure. The same thing that happened with Jesus, he was rejected, he is accepted by God, he offers the acceptable sacrifice to God, but he also becomes this stone of stumbling. This thing that trips people up. And isn't it our testimony that he tripped us up? Right? He tripped us up. And, and here's the deal. He didn't trip us up so that we could be condemned to death in hell. He, he didn't trip us up so that w- we could be smashed. He tripped us up so that we could stop and think and reconsider and repent. And he, that's exactly what he wants us to do. He wants us Although we're rejected in this world, there's, we are accepted by him, and we're the ones who can offer the acceptable, pleasing sacrifice to him, but we should be a stone that causes our culture to stumble. Not so that it is just eradicated and wiped out, but so people start to think about what they're doing, so they start to reconsider, so that they can repent. Here's where we see this in the text. First Peter chapter number two. Uh, we'll begin in verse number four. Uh, Brother Will, I do have it there on the screen. Uh, no, no, no. Open it up. See. It did not. Up, uh, 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 it didn't do it. Man. All right. I'm, I'm mad. I'm angry. Angry. Alright. Uh, I did update it on my computer. I promise you. I don't know what happened. So y'all have to give ear to the text as I'm going to read it from 1 Peter chapter 2, uh, beginning verse 4. We'll go th- verses 4 through 8. I'm going to read it out of the voice. You can follow along with another translation if you want, or you can just open your ears and uh, and, and and receive this. Come to him. The living stone who was rejected by people, but accepted by God as chosen and precious. Like living stones, let yourselves be assembled into a spiritual house, a holy order of priests who offer up spiritual sacrifices that will be acceptable to God through Jesus the anointed. For it says in the words of the prophet Isaiah, See, here, look, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious. Whoever depends upon him will never be disgraced. To you who believe and depend on him, he is precious. But to you who don't, Remember the words of the psalmist. The stone that the builders rejected has been laid as the cornerstone, the very stone that holds together the entire foundation. And remember also the words of Isaiah. It's a stone that blocks their way, a rock that trips them up. And then Peter says, they stumble because they don't follow the word of God As they were destined to do. And I do want to have a word about this. As they were destined to do. Uh, This has no no meaning. That God didn't want them. To know the truth. That would be denying God's character. Or God didn't. Oh open their eyes. to, To get God denied. They are destined. Whoever rejects the word. Whoever doesn't depend on the word their destiny is disobedience, right? It, 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 it's the, it, wh- whoever uh, uh, rejects what God has revealed and does not come and depend and, and, find, and find in him a rock, a shelter, a refuge, then there is, they're, they're going to go the way that they're destined and they're going to reject And they're going to stumble. So, come to him. Uh, Come to him who was rejected. Come to uh, Jesus. Remember, he's the stone that was rejected. Hey, you who have this new nature, I want you to nourish this new nature of genuine love and honesty and kindness. I want you to nourish this new nature And and, and as you do, just know that you're gathering yourselves together uh, and and you're gathering around Jesus the Lord. Let me tell you about Jesus the Lord. He was rejected by people. Why? Why would anybody criticize a community displaying, trying their, their hardest to display patience and forgiveness and peace in the midst of a horrible, horrendous crime of hatred. Why would anybody criticize that? Why would you and I have a hard time? Why would do people, why would our culture have a hard time with you and I displaying genuine love, honesty, and kindness in the midst of hostility? Well, I, I know we a lot of times it can just be rooted down to, well, it just looks like weakness. And in America, that's a lot of it, right? You know, you better be tougher than the other guy, right? And that's why we'll put up with a politician uh, and being condescending or a politician being a bully because, well, he just had to show them. Well, did y'all hear what he said? Well, we'll, we'll love whenever a pundit says something and, and gets their dig in. We'll love the snarky tweet. We will, we will put it out there ourselves. Oh, I got him good. We like that kind of stuff. In fact, we know that we like it because it gets the headlines. The headlines are always the bold thing, so and so said. And everybody went, oh, my goodness, got them, you know? And like, it's just like we're back to fourth grade and we're telling your mama jokes. Did y'all not do that? You didn't tell jokes about somebody else's mom? Tried to, or, or you, I, I learned it from Stand By Me, right? <laughs> And everybody's trying to get off uh, over on the other one. But why? Yes, it's weak. It looks like weakness. And in fact, I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions that you could ever take from somebody offering forgiveness, for somebody offering peace in the midst of hostility, for somebody offering kindness to somebody who's been hateful and hurtful towards them. You know how big of a backbone it takes, how much courage it takes. how much self-denial it takes but here's the two real reasons why I I think that it, it is so resisted and it's so rejected we long for justice and we also long to be justified and here's what I mean. Think about like those moments, like when Jesus is sitting down with, uh, uh, with, with people and he's eating a meal with people who, 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 who are, you know, they're exploiting people. The tax collectors were exploiting people of their resources or people who were notorious sinners, whatever the, 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 the realm of that might be. And then there's another group of people who are, who are scoffing at Jesus. They're criticizing Jesus. They are going, why is he doing that? Well, what's going on in their hearts? Well, for one thing, what's going on in their hearts is it's not just. It's not right. See, what they know is that there was a law that was given and that there are people who are trying to abide by this law, trying to live according to the commands and the instructives of God. But then there are people who are not living that way people who are not abiding by those 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 dictates and they say hey the people who aren't abiding by the dictates they deserve judgment they deserve punishment they deserve condemnation it's not right that he would go and sit down and eat with them and what they No, Jesus is doing. Jesus is not just saying, hey, I'm just a dude sitting here eating with other people. Jesus is claiming I am representing God and God's interest and God's will and God's way. And so if he's going in and he's sitting down with those people who don't deserve to be sat down with. As a representative of God, then what he's saying is God will give them mercy and not judgment and condemnation. So it's not just, it's not right. That's not the way things should be. Here's the other thing. We want justification. Jesus comes in and there's all these people who've been zealously following the Lord and in their zeal, they've been ostracizing these people because they don't deserve to be in because they're doing it wrong. And they've been ostracizing them and they've been holding them at arms. Like they've been, they've been judging them and condemning them. They've, they've, they've made sure to God know that we're not being with these people. And then Jesus comes in and he says, Hey, I'm coming representing, revealing God truly. And I'm going to sit down with them. Guess what that does to this group of people? It removes, I mean, it's a judgment against them. They can't justify their hatred, they can't justify not inviting them to the dinner party, they can't justify how they've been treating these people anymore. See, it gets rejected because it doesn't seem just that God would call us to forgive or himself forgive a heinous, atrocious act of violence or any kind of hurt or offense that you and I have ever faced. And the fact of the matter is, is, is you're right in a sense. Like there is, there, there's no justice in the way that you and I see justice. And I've talked about this recently. I talked about that at Sam's memorial. But the way that you and I can conceive of justice is that we get even. That's how you make things right. You just get even. And, and God's sense of justice is, no, I make things right. And you don't make things right. Nothing ever gets righted by getting even. Just ask yourself, when was the last time that you you got even with somebody and you felt great about it? And it satisfied you. You know what it does? It perpetuates the guilt, the shame, the condemnation. It doesn't absolve anything. And God wants to rescue us from that. So what Jesus reveals to us is what God does, is God says about the wrongs that you and I do, is he bears them. I'll take it upon myself to say you're forgiven. And that's what he wants us to do. That's what he calls us to do is, is when somebody hurts us and the, the, they offend us, we don't go get even. We, 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 we bear it. And we don't have to do this by ourselves. We have the Spirit of God and we have the, the grace of God that we can come and we can say, God, this this hurts. And this was offensive, and this was wrong. But I need to forgive them. Not just because it's what you told me to do, but because I know it's truly healthy for me to forgive somebody. To release them. I know I'll never heal. I'll only become bitter, resentful. I'll only despair. Or I'll turn to hatred and to violence myself if I don't forgive them. I won't be treating them like you treat them with dignity and respect and humanity and decency and grace and mercy and love. So we want justice and we want to be justified. And here's the fact of the matter is. We want to be justified because all of us know that we all do wrong. We all do wrong. And, and, and it stinks whenever you're doing something wrong and somebody is doing something right, they don't even have to say anything to you about it. It makes you feel guilty. I mean, if you have any kind of conscience, unless you're just a sociopath, all right? And I hope I'm not dealing with any of those today, okay? right. But here's the deal, like think about this. If somebody comes in, and we've talked about this before, but it's, it's always a good illustration. When somebody comes in and they talk about a diet that they're trying, or, you know, like trying to exercise and you feel like, well, good for you. You know what that is? That's you feeling judged because you're not dieting you're exercising, right? And, and that is just the best way that I've ever found to, to, to illustrate this is that, that somebody can do good and right. And if that pains me that they're doing good and right, that's like, a, like an indication of like what's going on in my heart. And what I'm feeling at that moment is I'm feeling judged. And that might be legitimate that I'm feeling that. And it might just be my flesh. That not, might not be the spirit <laughs> revealing something to me, right? But I'm feeling judged. And it doesn't justify me sitting on my couch and eating ding-dongs all day, right? <laughs> Whenever you're getting up and running a 5K every day. That, I feel judged about that. So, why does this rejection happen? Because we long for justice and we long for justification of our own failures. And we have to come up to the reality and the reality of all realities is that God, through his mercy and his grace, offers forgiveness and shows us that the way forward is forgiveness. The way that you make things right is you You forgive others. The way that you can be made right is by receiving his forgiveness. That's it. Well, I gotta say a prayer and I gotta be baptized and I gotta go. No, you have to receive his forgiveness. You have to hear Jesus say, Father, forgive them and trust. Hey, God, you know what? I cannot be justified were it not for you just flat out saying, You're forgiven. We always want to add something to it. We always want to put something on it. We want to put on a whole bunch of different things. Like, well, what kind of text do you use? And what kind of dogma do you believe? You know, when you stand before Jesus, he's not going to give you a theology test. He's not going to say, which systematic theology did you follow? (laughs) I don't even believe that whenever he stands up there. Am I I like, uh, uh, did you believe in predestination or or free will? Well, uh, he's not going to ask those questions. When you stand before him, he is going to look at you and he's going to determine whether or not you trusted in his son Jesus and you received his forgiveness and you took on the character of Christ and lived in that character. So, we want justice and we want justification. And the Lord says, what I do is I don't, I don't just get even. I don't serve your idea of getting even and making it right. I just make all things right through forgiveness and mercy. Our culture rejects that. That's not the way that you win. And you can see that on, uh, in, in, in everything from politics to, uh, to Liam Neeson movies, right? I mean, you can see it all over the place. And guess what? You know what I know is in my heart? I like those Liam Neeson movies. I mean, I don't like the movies. They're not good quality. I like the idea behind the movies in the sense of if somebody hurts my family, I'm going after them. Yeah. Ugh, I love that. Man, you know what that reveals to me? If Jesus was standing right here, if I was alive when Jesus was alive, I'd probably be among the crowd saying, crucify, crucify, crucify. Get him out of here. I want Liam Neeson. That's why the rejection happens. But even though we are rejected by people, culture will reject us. Here's what God's able to do. Here's what God is able to do. And this is the good news. Right? He's able to take these these discarded stones. You and I are discarded stones, in our culture. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to be on on, on uh, the, the the news media network, and, uh, and and get a regular gig by preaching forgiveness and grace and patience. I'm not going to be, be the guy who gets the voice whenever I say, hey, you know what we need to do? Here's what we need to do as a, a society. We don't need to get rid of those people, and we don't need to get rid of those people. We don't need to get rid of that ideology, and we don't need to get rid of that ideology. We need to find a way that we can all come together, hear each other, and understand we're going to have some major disagreements of thought and ideals, but we're going to walk together, and we're going to figure it out together. If I'm doing that on a regular basis, they will not have me in their studios. It's just not a part of this culture. I'm a discarded stone. You're a discarded stone. The way of Jesus is a discarded stone in our culture. I said last week, the fastest growing sect of Christianity, and that's even if you can call it a sect of Christianity, are people who are wanting to rise up in revolution. And they, under the auspice, under the banner, if we're going to bring everybody under the rule and the authority of God, that's not how Jesus did it. It's not the way forward. But why is that rising up? Why? Because they discard the stone themselves. They don't like the way of Jesus. But God takes these discarded stones he starts putting them around his son, Jesus. And his son, Jesus, who was this discarded stone, while he was being discarded, think about this, while he was being disgraced by this world, he was offering the most acceptable sacrifice to God on the cross of Calvary. He's become the cornerstone it's, it's really like the capstone. We think about a cornerstone in a foundation like this. But really, you got to think about in, 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 uh, in, in Israel, they would have these arches. And it would be the stone in the middle. And if you took that stone off, all the other stones fall. He's the capstone. And he takes all these disregarded stones and starts putting them here. And, and, and we get to get get together, and as we come together as a church, what we are, and we're nourished in the in the way of Jesus. Then, yes. This world might reject us, but we, we get through our genuine love, through our honesty, through our kindness, through our peace and our patience with people who are being hostile towards us, what we begin to do is offer up this sweet smelling aroma to God. You want to please God this week. How do I please God this week? Well, then when somebody comes in and they challenge you on something, be patient with them. That will please God. That will please God. Don't 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 go, oh man, I got up and I read my Bible and, and I did my devotions and then and then I walked out and I got behind the wheel of my car and somebody pulled me off and I said, You jerk, and I honked at them. Oh man, but I pleased God, didn't I? No, it's going to be how we live this week, how we respond to adversity, how we respond to hostility, that we can, we can dis- discarded ways of living, come together and we offer up this sweet-smelling aroma to God. And he goes, oh, well done, my good and faithful servant. You responded to hostility and adversity with kindness or with patience. And that might have included that you just had to walk away from the situation. Maybe you didn't get the last word in. Maybe it looks to everybody else like you were the dummy in the situation and you didn't get to show everybody how cool you are because you said the thing. You didn't get to sit down with your your group of friends at the the break room and, and, and talk bad about your supervisor. It offers a sweet smelling aroma, but here's the big deal. Here's what God really wants. He wants us to reveal in this world that there's another way to live. And he wants us to trip up society. And this is my burden throughout all of 1 Peter. Is our church or is the church at large, are we tripping up society Or have we found ourselves so aligned with our culture? So aligned with our culture that there is no difference. There is no stumbling block. There is no tripping up. And Peter says, we are to be the ones These discarded stones, yes, you're discarded, but God uses you and you actually make an acceptable, pleasing aroma unto it. But here's the big deal. Here's what he needs you. Here's why he needs us in this world is because this world will keep going. It will keep running full speed at a a breakneck pace unless it's tripped up from the way it's doing things. And we don't trip them up so that they fall and break an ankle and get crushed by the crowd. We're here to trip up society, trip up people in this world so that they can stop and they can reconsider and they can repent. And the only way we're going to do that is when we live, live the way that will be rejected by this world. Like in the same way that they reject you it will also trip them up. They need to think. I remember in in uh, theater arts, whenever I was in high school, they said sometimes, sometimes uh, uh, you have to offend people and this is, a, this is a rule in the theater, sometimes you have to offend people's sensibilities in, in different ways, and that doesn't just mean like, hey, you're ugly, you know? <laughs> Not just like that, but like, like sometimes, like maybe you have to do a play like, uh, like a little bit different so somebody thinks about it a little bit differently. And, 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 and the thing is, sometimes you have to offend people so that they can think about it, and this is what I would say is our nature, genuine love, honesty, kindness, Peace, patience in the face of hostility—that offends people's sensibilities. That civil rights leader, who I said uh, earlier, said that it was disingenuous at best. That she she believed it was disingenuous at best. She she went on to say, "Here's like if you want to outline that a little bit more or fill it out a little bit more," she said, "The fact of the matter is, 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 um, it just seems like." Black people, like, it comes from this place where black people in America are always trying to, uh, trying to, um, like, satisfy white people, like, to make them see that we're acceptable. Like, and she saw it as this, like, deep-seated, like, like, cultural, uh, thing that comes from whenever you've been rejected, and you've been ostracized, and you've been beat up, and you've been maligned, that you're always trying to say, I'm acceptable, I'm welcome. And so all I want to say is to to, to that and why I bring that up is she has a reason behind her saying her criticism. It offends her sensibilities. So I get it. But what I want to make the point here is we need to do the things that will offend the sensibilities of our culture. And the way that we do that is when we look like Jesus and we walk in his nature and we nourish ourselves by the things which make sense to satisfy and to nourish the nature of Christ. We will be rejected, but God gathers us together and we offer acceptable, pleasing sacrifices to him. And then he uses us to be the way that people are tripped up so that they can reconsider uh, and repent and come to him and so my brothers and my sisters who are chosen exiles though you will be rejected God will use you and I pray that God uses us this week to trip up people so that they can be uh recon- so that they might repent before that though might we be tripped up might we be tripped up each and every day by Jesus and uh, with that, I'll say amen this morning. Uh, Lord, I love you. I thank you for who you are. God, I pray and I ask that you would be with us today. Lord, I pray and I ask that you would just please help us as we receive your word, uh, that we would uh, we would respond to you, Lord, uh, to what you call us to. And Lord, uh, you call us clearly uh, to look like your son, Jesus, uh, to walk in his way. And uh, Lord, I pray and I ask that you would help us this morning. Uh, Show us a way in which we are not living counter to our culture, but we are walking lockstep, hand in hand, heart in heart with our culture. Trip us up today, Lord, so that we might reconsider, repent from those things. Uh, Lord, I pray and I ask that you would use us Uh, as we go from this place, that we would be, although the rejected stones, we would be the stones that uh, come together and we could trip up things so that people can repent and return to you. I pray these things. I pray all these things in Christ's mighty, resurrected name. I'm going to invite you at this time just for a few moments of reflection yourself.